today we continue Tracks Upon the Mount of Transfiguration. And uh, this is going to be a series because there is so much to talk about. It's going to take some time. There's a well-known scripture in the Bible that says, Without a vision, my people perish. And uh, there is so much of, um, of not being able to understand uh, things of God because that people do not have the vision. They, they, they do not have uh, the method. They do not have the connection for getting into the Word of God, for getting into the deep things of God. Apparently, as a result of that, uh, they are just sort of like wandering stars looking for a place that they can settle down to shine. And uh, they don't have much of a message to shine because they haven't ever got the vision straight. So there's so many things. Uh, <clears throat> you know, um, like I was sharing with someone today, uh, some Holy Manifest uh, scriptures. <clears throat> the, uh, the Bible talks about, you know, um, that, uh, that vengeance belongs to God. And uh, how many, many, many people like to use that scripture, but they like to use it in sort of a despiteful, hateful way, not having really anything to do with uh, love, uh, the love of God, but <clears throat> wanting God to come down and just smite and destroy and, and put people into hell and put people into torment. Uh, because they stepped on somebody else's toes or did something someone else didn't like. And that's how they like to think of and see the vengeance of God. But the manifest, the holy manifest says, Vengeance belongs to God because only God can turn vengeance into love. And I love that way of thinking. I, I, I think that is the kind of thing that it takes a vision uh, you know, then without a vision, you perish because, you know, you're not going to have love. You're going to just have hate and revenge and, and vengeance and, and killing and uh, destroying. And, and you're not going to have the thing that really Christ came to bring. And he was called the Prince of Peace. And he came to bring peace. And peace is, uh, you know, the message of the Lord Christ because he is the Prince of Peace. And so that is so important. Today, I want to, uh, on this, this journey of um, the tracks upon the mountain, uh, I, want, I want to share with you first, uh, starting from, um, uh, from the book of, of Matthew, uh, we, we will start reading there uh, the story, sort of get that reacquainted into the minds of the people. And uh, we, are, uh, we are looking... Uh, to start with at the uh, 16th chapter of uh, the book of St. Matthew. And we will begin with, um, we'll, we'll, be, we'll begin with a, a verse uh, 13. And when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now keep in mind where they were, they were at. They were at the... Uh, they were at the coast of uh, Caesarea Philippi, and that was a, a town located near the base of Mount Hermon. And uh, it was a Roman-built uh, town. And, uh, and so uh, just keep that in mind because we'll be referring to it later. 
this is where these they were at the time that Jesus is ministering to his disciples and and giving them an opportunity uh, to see whether or not they would be able to go to the Mount of Transfiguration. And um, so um, we we see that Jesus uh, there at this town, uh, he says, who do men say? And he asked his disciples, the Bible says, and that's the verse 13. Uh, he asked his disciples, say, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some, some Elijah, uh, other Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now we see that some of these divine um, uh, inclinations and insights that would seem to be apparent in the fleshly attributes of understanding the mission of Jesus Christ was not to be understood by the masses of people, and even the disciples didn't have it down down straight. And uh, so Jesus is testing the disciples, and and Peter immediately uh, comes up and 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 answers and says, "Thou art Christ, and and uh, you're the Son of the Living God." And Jesus says, "Well, now you you didn't receive that." from, uh, you know, putting that together in just the carnal thoughts. But he said, this was revealed to you by my Father, which is in heaven. <clears throat> now, that is quite a step, you know. Uh, there being a connection to Peter, to the Father, which is in heaven. He had to really have some understanding for that. He had to have some understanding that was pretty deep uh, for him to have that idea about the Father which art in heaven. So as we uh, <clears throat> as we look at that and we think about that connection to the Father which art in heaven, you know that that takes a that takes a vision. Uh, the Bible says, without a vision, the people perish. There could be all kinds of levels of application. Without a vision, uh, people do not step up to the certain level of the staircase. Without a vision, a certain vision level, <clears throat> people are not chosen for certain missions. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so, um, it's, it's so, it's so very, very exciting and interesting as we watch the Word of God and <clears throat> we follow this Word of God along those lines. Now, um, here's what it says. Um, it says that... Um, Jesus answered, and, and, he, and he said, uh, Blessed art thou, Simon. Flesh and blood hath not revealed this. This isn't your human, your human body, uh, the carnal self, the, the physical self, but the spirit within you connecting uh, through the Holy Spirit to the revelation uh, has, has gotten this revelation from, from the Father, which is in heaven. Uh, how, did, how did Peter break through to heaven? How did he break through? Now, now there were a couple other uh, other disciples that Jesus well knew that they were in touch with heaven, and that was the other two that were chosen to go up. That was James and John, the sons of thunder. 
So these sons of thunder were well understood uh, to to be, uh, you know, uh, people that, that could break through. And, and, and they understood that. And Jesus understood it, too, uh, when they when they asked and they said, uh, you know, we want to be able to sit uh, on uh, next to you on the throne, one on the right and one on the left. Now, were these disciples just ignorant, stupid people that were just full of pride and, and uh, naughtiness because they thought they were that great? Or was there something that they knew about their life, about their experience, uh, that made them to be called sons of, of thunder? Now, I know there are some people in, in some um, various kinds of um, you know, Bible uh, interpretations that say, well, they were called sons of thunder because they argued so much. <clears throat> Had a lot to say. I'm, I do not buy that at all. That is not the correct interpretation by any means. I guarantee you that. And, uh, and the proof of it is because uh, it, it, uh, Peter, who answered the questions, and obviously because James and John who also understood uh, and could answer those questions, um, that they're with their connection as, as you know, uh, sons of thunder, uh, they, uh, they were the ones chosen. The three of them were chosen. And after this experience on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus turned to the three that had uh, witnessed this um, uh, transfiguration and all the things that happened on the Mount, and he said, tell this experience, tell this vision, tell this experience to no man. Now, that included the nine disciples that were waiting down at the base of the hill, possibly still in Caesarea of Philippi. Uh, they were still waiting there, uh, you know, uh, for them to come back. Uh, and they were going to be quite shocked and quite uh, differentiated and quite maybe uh, unsettled and not very happy when uh, they would be told that the experience that uh, Peter, John, and James received on the mountain, uh, in, and as well the experience that Jesus uh, uh, showed them and, and uh, revelated to them, could not be shared with them. And, uh, and, and the, God tried to make a point through Christ. You know, this is not to be revealed until uh, after the resurrection from the dead. And uh, that's, that, is, uh, <clears throat> that is quite the vision. Now we see that uh, chapter 17 in Revelation uh, in um, Matthew, <clears throat> beginning with the um, uh, first verse, and and so the and connects uh, chapter 17 to chapter 16, uh, and of course remember they were in this Caesarea of Philippi, uh, this uh, town at the base of Mount Hermon, uh, which was you know uh, a little a little distance. Uh, Probably, uh, I'm just guessing, but maybe something like 14 miles uh, from uh, the Sea of Galilee. And uh, so it was not out of line to be able to walk there within a reasonable amount of time, uh, you know, uh, and get there to the, those areas. And uh, after six days, t uh, Jesus takes Peter, uh, James, and John, his brother, and brings them up into a high mountain apart. Uh, now it's very interesting that two of the of the of the people that went up, two of the disciples, were brothers, and and there's a connection there too. But, you know, it, it's very very interesting. 
this is the same John that Jesus turned to on the cross and said, and said that, uh, pointing, you know, uh, acknowledging to his mother that that to John, you you are to take over my mother and and you are to take care of her and and you she will be like a mother to you and you will be a son like to her, and uh, so there was a connection and and, and John. Uh, was the only one of the disciples that the Bible mentions as showing up at the cross. You know, it was surrounded with soldiers and a lot of the hateful people that were really out there uh, just uh, thinking it was very great that Jesus uh, was suffering the vengeance of God. And uh, they just thought that was wonderful. But um, John was not afraid to go out there, and he went out there like the ladies went out there. They were they they were not afraid. If they were, they 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 loved Christ and and uh, they cared more about being there to stand by him than being fearful for their lives and that would apply to John also and uh, and he was transfigured before them and his face did shine as the sun and his raiment white as the light and, and we mentioned this last week about how this not only affected his physical attire but his, but you know like the clothes that he wore but also his physical body and behold, there appeared unto them Moses and, and Elias, which means Elijah, uh, talking with with uh, them. So Jesus is, um, or the Bible here is saying that uh, uh, that Moses and Elijah are talking with Jesus. And they answered Peter and said unto Jesus, uh, Lord, is it good for us to be here? Uh, shouldn't we make three tabernacles? One for thee, and one for the for Moses, and one for Elias. And when he had spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Um, <clears throat> and and uh, and out of the cloud there was a voice that spoke and said, "This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him." Okay, so uh, we'll we'll stop right there to take it to this next part which is uh, very, very important for the setting as we start looking and saying, okay, uh, what are the tracks that we want to look at today? Well, I think that before we can get into too many details of uh, these other tracks, I think one of the really, really, really big issues is uh, what was the mountain? What mountain uh, were they on? Uh, you know, uh, there are um, are people that say, well, uh, it was it was Mount Tabor, and um, there are uh, churches that have been built, um, uh, you know, uh, on and around about Mount Tabor uh, to uh, sort of acknowledge that, you know, uh, we have this church here because this is the mountain that Jesus was transfigured on. <coughs> Mount Tabor was certainly not the, the mountain that uh, Jesus was transfigured on. Uh, that is totally incorrect, and people need to get that straight first. Uh, at the time that, um, that uh, Jesus was on the earth, uh, the, um, the Hasmonean uh, concept uh, of the rebels was involved, and uh, they were you know, in different periods of uh, Jewish revolt, and there was a military, um, uh, you know, uh, outpost built right on the top of Mount Tabor. And um, uh, that whole area right uh, around close to the Mount Tabor, which is really not a mountain. 
It's just a low hill. It's only like 1,800 feet high, and, and that is, is, is also gradual. And, and so it's, it's uh, like um, all these different kinds of, uh, of um, you know, like mountains that they talk about, uh, you know, Mount Moriah, uh, you know, uh, Mount Zion, uh, Mount uh, of Olives. Uh, those were not mountains. Those were just very, very low, flat uh, hills and that, that basically was mostly just summit at the top of a high place. But it wasn't a high place. It was a higher than the, than the ground place. What made them seem as high as they were is because, um, you know, uh, of, of the fact that, that in the general close proximity, uh, you had the Jordan River going down to the Dead Sea, and you were talking something, you know, something like uh, uh, 1,200 feet below sea level. 1,200 feet below sea level. So when you think in terms of those comparisons, then the 1,800 uh, feet, uh, uh, you know, uh, could seem a little bit higher. But these are just are just very low hills. They're not mountains. And, and that's what you need to understand. And you need to understand that the Scripture in the uh, book uh, of, uh, of Matthew uh, is very, very clear. Uh, it, 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 if, you, if you read it and take the time to really you know, know the Bible and, and uh, what it says, in the very first verse, after six days, and this is uh, chapter 17, verse 1, after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. So he separated them from other people. Mount Tabor, it was just like Broadway down below. There was just, you know, people and camels and, and military and, and, uh, and traders just all around in that area, plus the military post. That was not the Mount Transfiguration. Uh, there are many other reasons why, but that that is not the Mount of Transfiguration. So we need to know where the Mount of Transfiguration was, uh, and we're going to look into that. Uh, is it important that uh, one area would be uh, considered a mount uh, based um, uh, over another point, uh, another area? Uh, wouldn't it be of the nature that no matter where the spirit was, it could take any any place, uh, and that could just be as holy as the other? Or does God work th- that way? Uh, does God not seem to choose uh, special places on earth, just like He chose Jerusalem and 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 the uh, the city of Zion and and and, uh, and various other uh, locations that we will mention? Uh, are are these not uh, the way that it is? delegated in the Bible uh, of, of these particular applications uh, that they apply to specific uh, uh, locations, specific places. And, and, and there is some reason that that location aligns. It aligns with, with you know, with what the, the people are doing, with what the call is. Well, we, we want to first talk about that because uh, that, that is, uh, is very important. And we want to call it, uh, you know, like uh, spirit portals. And we want to say that there are spirit portals that uh, are located on earth, uh, you know, uh, almost like a, a, a spiritual uh, vortex. And that these uh, uh, places that are located on various places on earth, that there is an alignment there. 
especially with the spirits, uh, for being able to go back and forth through uh, the physical realm into the spiritual realm. And uh, so we want to we want to talk about uh, about those uh, kind of, uh, of of comparisons because uh, I think that uh, that that makes uh, all the all the disc, uh, the difference in the world uh, when it comes to uh, to having an understanding of of what the message is. So um, uh, let's um, let's just look at uh, by by doing this. Let's just look at. Some very very interesting things. Um, let's think about Moses, and uh, he's um, has the experience of the burning bush, and uh, as he gets closer to it, and he's very fearful because he can feel this energy and this tremendous power. Uh, the the angel says to him, "Take off your shoes." You know, this is. This is holy ground. Um, how long was that holy ground before the angel came there, or, or was that uh, was there there a, a great history there going back in time, uh, a history beyond what anyone would ever imagine? Uh, this earth has been around a long, long time. Was there a, a, a message there? Was there a connection? Uh, the angel said, "This is holy ground. Take off your shoes. Don't even walk on this. This is holy ground." There was an alignment, uh, you know, and so um, uh, I believe that uh, that is somewhere around uh, Exodus 3.1. Uh, I could go back there real fast. Let me just do that. I'm going to be thumbing through the Bible here a little bit because we got we have a lot of scripture, a lot of scripture to cover, and uh, it's uh, it's all very very important stuff. Okay, and. Um, Okay, um, in Exodus 3.1, And Moses kept the flock of, Jeth, uh, of uh, Jethro, and that, uh, that was his father-in-law, uh, and um, uh, the, uh, who, who was a priest of, uh, of uh, Midian. And uh, he led his flock to the backside of the desert, came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Now, there was a place. It was already called the mountain of God. So, why was that called the mountain of God? Why, why was Horeb called the mountain of God? Well, the angel appeared to him uh, there by that mountain uh, in some bushes and, and, uh, and in a flame that, that was a perpetual flame, would not burn the bush. And, uh, and there was, uh, you know, a, a seemingly a fire uh, that burned, but yet the bush did not consume. And Moses turned aside to see this great sight and why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw, he turned aside to see. God called to him out of the uh, midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. And he says, Draw not nigh uh, hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place where thou art on, thou standest is holy ground. And so this was this was a holy place and even the mountain was already called a mountain of God. There was already a history. This is you know, this is before Moses has had much of an experience with God. Uh, he had fled here to to uh, to where he was and uh, married uh, 
you know, this uh, Midianite, uh, daughter of this priest, uh, because he was fleeing from Pharaoh uh, for having uh, killed an Egyptian. Um, uh, this experience was a holy experience that happened before his time. And, of course, there were things even recorded in the Bible that happened before the time of Moses. But these things, uh, even though they're generations and generations later, they still, still seem to, to not wear away. There still, still seems to be a wholly designated place or spot. And these spots are located at different places. And, and people can, you know, can get in an alignment there. And they have to f- first be cognizant uh, that there is... Uh, something happening there that is different than other places, and they have to be con- cognizant that you know there is there is power there, power of something that is perpetual that that doesn't uh, waste away or burn up, and uh, and it's you know it's a mountain of God, and uh, these mountains always stand for the power of God, you know, and things of that nature, and then we can go on from there, and we will go on from there to some of these other thoughts. Um, <clears throat> if um, if you, I don't think I'll turn to this scripture, but you can write it down. In Job 37:18, it talks about how that God made the whole sky almost like a molten glass. Uh, that you know, when we think about molten glass, uh, you know, we can we can think about uh, you know uh, some of the uh, uh, the examples in the Bible about the sea of glass and the different uh, mentions of glass uh, as, as a large an area. And uh, <clears throat> that uh, sometimes when your sky uh, becomes molten glass, uh, it's because it's, it's almost like, like a, a, a spiritual manifest uh, telescope that can see uh, through uh, a, a spiritual vortex uh, because of this alignment, uh, that that you can see it differently and better and clearer than any other place, any other time. And uh, now let's let's we're going to just go through these scriptures. So turn with me to First Corinthians thirteen twelve. First Corinthians thirteen twelve, and I want I'm going to just read all these scriptures because I, I, this is a part of the tracks to get you ready uh, to understand this. Uh, Mount of Transfiguration and the tracks upon the Mount of Transfiguration. So, 1 Corinthians 13. And uh, we're looking at the, um, uh, the 12th verse. And, and here's, here's what it says. Okay. Um, it, um, it, this is 13.12. Uh, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I... Uh, then shall I know even also as I am known. Now, he goes on and he says, And now abides faith, hope, and charity. Um, when you are just living your life, and it can be a Christian life, and you are just abiding on a shallow knowledge, and there, the word in the Bible, and the word that you understand from evangelistic and and pastoral preaching uh, and 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 personal experiences is is just a shallow dip and and it's like Paul explained uh, it, it's, it's a, 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 like seeing through a glass darkly there are just so many puzzles 
There are just so many conundrums. There are just so many uh, problems that are difficult to figure out to make a correlation of, of the Word of God come together and explain all of the different connections from all of the different books of the Bible and all the different verses of the Bible and all the different meanings of the Bible. And uh, it, it is so very uh, important uh, to, to, to have that. And it's almost like the verse that is uh, given before it. You know, when I was a child, I speak as a, a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. When I became a man, I put away uh, f uh, f childish things. This is Paul writing in, in, to the Corinth. And he's first saying, you know, uh, 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 before I make this next statement, I want you to know that I have been where you are. Uh, I, have, I have thought as a child. Uh, I have been a child in my mind. I've had a babyish, childish uh, uh, level of truth. And, and I did not have the answers to a lot of things. I even persecuted the church. And, and I believed opposite things from what was truth. Uh, it took a real unusual thing to happen to me to make me be able to, to grow out of this childishness. And, uh, but one day, uh, I had an experience. And I became a man, and I put away that uh, childish way of looking at things. And then he uses the uh, preposition for, and therefore makes it a connection to what he just said. For, now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even also as I am known. Uh, there is something that this glass can do. If the glass is not darkly, then we can see through it. And we can see through it and we can realize uh, all these things. Uh, to not think as a child, to go think as a mature person, uh, to be able to finally see through the glass, not have the glass being obscured and, and stop us from the vision as to what is on the other side of the glass, or even to its telescopic effect of magnifying. Uh, the Bible talks about um, magnifying the Lord. In fact, I remember once... Uh, when I was in Texas holding a revival, and it was great and wonderful things that happened there, they used to sing that song, Magnify the Lord with me. So this thing about magnifying the Lord uh, is uh, is magnifying it, not, not that you're going to make God to be, uh, the, the Lord to be uh, greater, or God to be greater, or, or, or uh, of more stature, uh, but it's going to make your vision of God, your vision of the Lord, to have a greater clarity and greater stature. So it's really about what is going to happen to you that's going to increase that, that capability and, and improve that vision. And uh, so as we see and we understand that, that until that happens, what you are in the the uh, the, uh, the abode that you are in is you you are you are in faith, and and nothing wrong with faith, but you know faith faith um, uh, you know is the substance, uh, you know and and uh, but but the thing of it is uh, there comes a time that until you can activate the faith. Uh, then you don't really have the substance. And sometimes when you do get the substance as a result of faith, you don't understand what the substance is. And, and so then there is, uh, you know, there, there, there is the other parts of that, which is uh, hope and, and charity. And, and that's where you're, you know, you're walking in those, those three things uh, because you are not yet grounded in, in, in the, the deep uh, 
uh, aspect of truth. And that is so important. You know in part, uh, you know, uh, but uh, one day it says that that has to end. It can't just be in part anymore. It's, it's, it can't just be in part, you know. So, so what part of it is it, is it that, that you know? Well, it's, it's in the spirit that you know it. But until what is in the spirit in you when it's in your spirit that you know can be manifested consciously uh, into your body, uh, then it does not really come into the, the full knowing. Uh, you have to get that, that, that inner knowledge, uh, that inner man, to be able to synchronize with the outer man uh, so that uh, these things can be, uh, you know, put into the vision, uh, the living vision of both the, the body, the spirit, and the soul. <clears throat> okay, now we're going to go to uh, the next scripture, which is 2 Corinthians 3.18. So turn to Second Corinthians three eighteen. You'll see where I'm coming from here as we we get up here. Second Corinthians three eighteen. Uh, we should really start with verse fifteen. But even until this day, when Moses is read, this veil is upon their heart. Now this was, you know, this was after Christ. This this is quite a time, and, and even to that day that, uh, you know, Paul is saying, you know, even when they, they read, uh, they have a veil that, that uh, is, is up upon their heart, and they are not uh, uh, synchronizing with this. They are, they are not uh, aligned with it. They are, they are not really receiving it. They, they do not really have the vision to break through. It says, nevertheless, uh, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. There's an action that has to happen. Veils have to be removed. Sometimes when we're trying to get this message out to people and they just can't see it, uh, we need to pray for them that the veil will be taken from their eyes. And, and that's the constructive prayer. You know, pe- the Bible says people pray for others, but they don't receive because they ask amiss. If you miss the, the right prayer, if, if, if you don't pray the prayer uh, that's going to hit the target, then you pray in vain because it, it, it's, you pray amiss. Uh, but when you pray and you hit the target, uh, then it's a wonderful, beautiful thing because that's when you are start going to get successes. And so, the, you know, a lot of times when you're running into, you know, one, uh, you know, a crop of people after another that, that j- they just don't get it. They're just, they're too dulled and, and they just, there's something that stops them from, from uh, you know, catching on or seeing the vision. You then need to pray for them that God will remove that veil uh, that is over their eyes and that, that it, it will be taken away from them so that they will be able uh, to uh, feel the unction and see by their spirit and, and in their flesh uh, what the, the ma- magnitude of, of these revelations are. Then it goes on in verse um, 17. Now the, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the, the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And uh, <clears throat> God's people need so much to have the liberty of knowledge. The liberty of being able to see the vision. The liberty of being able to, to uh, have that aligned place. To be able to break through and touch uh, the, the, the places of revelation that God wants them to, to have so that they can be fulfilled in these wonderful revelations. Now the 18th verse goes like this. But 
we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, we find here some kind of a place, some kind of a a revelation, uh, and this certainly does tie into the teachings on transassimilation, that in order to get into that transassimilation, where we can really take on, you know, that image of Christ and and on that, that life of the blood of Christ, we have to um, we have to get into this position uh, where we are with open face, uh, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. Now that is putting your 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 mind, that your face, your head, your mind, your your your, your person, uh, you know, into this this looking glass, and and. Uh, and by putting it into this this looking looking glass, what can happen in that looking glass? What are the potentials? <clears throat> what are the proje- projects? Uh, are the projections? Uh, it says, uh, well, when you get into that open face and you're beholding as in this glass, you're you're in this spirit uh, portal and this spirit, uh, uh, you know, spiritual uh, 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 vortex. Uh, it says that that uh, then all all of a sudden the glory of the Lord, uh, you know, um, you'll you'll behold the glory of the Lord and you'll be changed into that same image, and it'll it'll continue as you keep uh, developing this uh, capability to see in the um, in this in this glass in this this uh, special uh, revelation uh, you know portal uh, you'll you'll be able to go from glory to glory now how many people can you know might say that well when i when i was saved or i was baptized or or i had this experience or that experience uh, uh, that was 25 years ago and uh, and of course uh, uh, i've not had any experiences uh, since then, except that I just continue on in the faith of, of of those experiences, many many people talk like that and live like that. They they don't go from glory to glory, and and, and some of them have not even begun to get into the the glory of His image, uh, which happens according to the Bible through uh, this open face beholding as in a glass, and and we have to say what is this? What is this glass? Well, how does this belong to the Mount of Transfiguration? Well, it certainly does belong to it, and as we will see, that 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 there is is a, was a divine place that Jesus Christ chose to take his disciples, and it had a special history. And we need to know what that high mountain uh, was and where it, where it was located, and what the story uh, behind that that mountain uh, ha, you know has to do about. And and we want to share that. So um, we're going, and we're going to. So then it says, um, "Are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord." This is a spirit portal. This is a spiritual uh, vortex, an alignment uh, where, like, just as when Moses found the the holy spot by the holy mountain, uh, we have to understand that there are alignments. 
and and uh, sometimes these alignments uh, are opened in, in, in a connection to a time rhythm. Sometimes these connections are uh, open in, uh, involved with a circumstance. Uh, sometimes these uh, connections are involved uh, <coughs> with a message or with a uh, a calling uh, that is to be expressed. Uh, there are reasons. Uh, for all of this, and, and they're all very, very, very important. Okay, now let's go on. We've got some more scriptures to look at. Turn with me to Revelations 4.6. Revelations 4.6. We want to look at these scriptures. We want to see where where this is taking us, because, you know, this is really some incredibly interesting stuff. Okay, Revelations 4.6. All right. And uh, here, here's, here, here's what it says. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass likened to crystal. Now, <clears throat> if you want to know the location, this location where its upper part, where like, you know, you're reaching, you're looking from, from down below to up above, and the portal is reaching through from this world, through these atmospheres, to the up above, well, it reaches up to this place and it connects. It connects, according to the scripture here, uh, as it's a sea of glass and, and it's likened to crystal and it reaches all the way, in, uh, you know, into the midst of the throne and around about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And... <clears throat> Here's what I want to share with you on that. Of course, uh, the beasts have their representation of, of those people that are to be redeemed and all that. <coughs> but uh, the, the interesting, important aspect of that is that um, there's this crystal sea. And this crystal sea is connected with, with you know, the lattice that we have preached about and, and the net the kingdom of God is like a net, you know, and and uh, uh, when we are able to get, uh, you know, out of that uh, net uh, into that open place uh, where we are looking through this into this sea, a sea of glass, a sea of crystal glass, and when we see through it, it is going to connect to the throne of God. Because it is like a spiritual vortex, and it's going to connect, and and, and it's got an, it's got alignment power. And if people can understand this, they can understand why, without a vision, the people perish. Now Galileo, when he made his first telescope, it changed in a in a way of a revolution. What people thought, they had everything wrong. You know, they, they thought that the earth was the center of everything and everything else, you know, was um, circumvented by the earth and, and if anything else, uh, moved around the earth. But then when that was discovered, it changed everything, ladies and gentlemen. It was, it was huge. And, and uh, uh, some of the churches could not accept that, especially the Catholic Church at the time, could not accept that revelation. And, and he almost ended up losing his life over the revelation. 
which was a physical revelation, but it, it, it's a perfect metaphor to this story we're telling you, that without these um, big telescopes and, and without x-ray and all these different ways of seeing uh, through uh, the, the muckle of things, uh, you know, you, you can't have a vision. Uh, you can't know if a, a bone is broken unless it's coming out of the arm uh, uh, without having the right kind of x-ray or various kind of exams that, that they uh, do electronically. By the same thing in the spirit world, there are different kinds of visions. Uh, the manifest even talks about ray vision. And, and there are all kinds of visions that has to do with allowing a person through their mind to, to uh, see into these alignments and, and, and to make these connections uh, in, into this spiritual portal. And once we get into that spiritual portal, once we come into it with, a, with an open face, with our, our, our whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit, and we come into that open portal, all of a sudden, revelation begins to open up. And, and we're talking about spiritual, uh, spiritually forensic information. How, are, how do you uh, make these connections? How do you find out these revelations? Uh, there has to be some kind uh, of, of, uh, of revelation that, that, like when Peter said, I, Jesus, I know who you are. You know, you are the Son of God. And, and when uh, Jesus looked at Peter and he said, you know, you're a rock, and I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom, because flesh and blood has not uh, revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You've been in touch with my Father in heaven. You have seen through the, the, the uh, spiritual portal, and you have touched where my, my Father which art in heaven. Now, we know in the 14th chapter of John, Jesus talked about taking a journey and leaving and going to the Father's house. You know, and and that the father's uh, in the father's house were many mansions, <clears throat> so it was a real place, and a real place that somehow Peter had a knowledge of. Was this because Peter had lived there in another life and another time, and he was having flashbacks and starting to remember? Was was the portal uh, opening in his mind, and he was seeing? through that portal to the throne of God and, and making a connection. Uh, you know, is this part of the reason why he and John and James were chosen to go up to the mountain? And none of the other disciples, all nine of the other disciples, none of them were chosen. The three, three, three were not chosen, but the one group of three was chosen. There had to be a reason for that. We have to get into these tracks, uh, you know, upon the Mount of Transfiguration. Without, without knowing these tracks, without being connected to them, we make uh, a, a, you know, a, a terrible error of failing to have the information that, that is necessary to get the truth and the whole truth and not, nothing but the truth. So, so uh, it's an absolutely important thing. Now, here in Revelations, uh, you know, we, we have this story of this, of this sea of glass. And, and, and it's likened to crystal. And, and it's involved in the very midst of the throne. If you want to know about the throne ministry, if you want to know about the throne revelation, if you want to know about the, the throne uh, 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 understanding of that which was, that which is, and that which is to come, uh, you've got to get into uh, this uh, crystal-lined um, lattice of space. 
and you got to see through the, the the glass darkly, and you got to start seeing with you with a full face into this uh, sea sea of crystal. And when you begin to do that, you will suddenly see all the way to the throne. And you know what that will do to you? It will give you eyes from before and behind. You'll be able to see that which is coming. You'll be able to see that which is past. You'll have a full uh, alpha omega. Uh, spread of revelation. And that is where God is wanting to take his people today, into this Alpha Omega energy jot. Now, this is truly when the first will be last and the last will be first. Uh, There will be no difference between what was first and what was last because they will both be connected to the same knowledge. And and the, the first will be able to see what was last and the last will be able to see what was first. They will be one. And it destroys all differentiation. There are people that are just into the, what was last. And, and that's why people haven't got beyond the cross. Some people are still serving Christ upon the cross. And, and they're still into his suffering and, and, and his pain. And they haven't hardly even gotten him resurrected out, of the, out of, uh, of the grave. And those that have done that haven't taken it any further. Uh, uh, you know, to, to, uh, some of those that have, have, have done that haven't taken it any further. So uh, we really have to get into this thing where... We have the many eyes, the eyes in front of us and the eyes behind us. Uh, That is a state of spirituality. That is something that is totally connected to this sea of crystal. And as we will see as we get further into these scriptures, how absolutely uh, portrayed that that is in the Bible and how important that that is. Blessed be the name of God. I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's nothing less than exciting. Absolutely exciting. Praise be the name of God. Okay, so uh, turn with me now to um, um, Revelations uh, 15. Revelations 15. And we're going to read from there and let's see what that says. And we're looking, uh, we're looking at, at verse 2. 15.2 And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Now, here's another connection. I mean, how many connections do you need to know the truth so that the truth can set you free? Here is a big-time connection. Uh, You know, uh, the people that are to have the victory, uh, they are the ones that that are on this uh, sea of glass. I I saw a sea of glass mingled with fire. Uh, You know, that reminds me of the Holy Ghost and fire, you know, and and, uh, that, that... that reminds me of, of, the, of the scripture in Hebrew that talks about, uh, you know, the, the fiery servants of God, uh, it, uh, the angels. Uh, it's just absolutely beautiful when we put all these things into the perspectives. Um, and then we see, you know, it says, uh, and, and they had gotten the victory over the beast. These are the people, ladies and gentlemen, that are going to get the victory over the beast. You want victory over the beast? That's how you're going to get it. 
we're going to, you have to be able to have a vision. Without a vision, the people perish. You've got to have a vision and not just, you know, a, a vision that is uh, on video, a vision that is uh, some, uh, you know, uh, line of, of, of conversation that someone else is just trying to tell you uh, in a repeated sense uh, of some little simple direction that they have gone. Uh, this is this is deeper. This, this this is full of vision. This is like in Job, where the, where the the glass, the molten sea of glass, covered the whole scope of the sky. Uh, it, it is a world vision. It's a universal vision. When you break through uh, this portal, you know, uh, of of spiritual vision, uh, you know, you will find that it is a place where the spirits can travel uh, from the physical into the spiritual realms. And, and that, these, that these portals, these spirit portals are very important. And, and uh, it, it allows a, an experience of quickening uh, that, that does not have to have anything to do with the speed of light or, or with the speeds and velocities that, that are, uh, you know, uh, dictated uh, and, and relevant uh, to uh, the uh, needs and, and the problems of humankind. <coughs> So let's read it again. Verse we're in we're in Revelations 15, and we're reading verse two. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass. Uh, sometimes, before you look through this this portal of of the spirit, through this holy spot, uh, you have to be able to see it. Moses saw the burning bush before he really went over and got the revelation of it. Uh, John saw this revelation before he ever got the full vision and understanding of it. And and he then was inquisitive and wanting to know. And, and he saw, you see, and um, as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire and them that had gotten victory over the beast and over the image and over the mark and over the number of his name, they stood on the sea of glass having the harps of God. Now, we're into the this thing about the the uh, <coughs> revelation of the uh, crop circle, and we're getting into the soundtron and into sound and how that that everything has an expression, and everything has uh, different kinds of expressions. Uh, they have angulation expressions. They have uh, they have uh, a, an expression of tone, uh, a pitch, a frequency. Uh, all these expressions have to do with um, giving an example of, of what that uh, subject is that is being expressed. And uh, these things are so very important uh, to get into your, your understanding and get into your mind because then they can become applicable to helping you get up the rungs of the ladder to where you need to be to apply this whole thing. So, so it, it has marvelous possibilities, and, and it is going to give you power over the beast, and it's going to give you power over the image. Uh, that's one of the most important things that has to happen. You have to overcome the human image. You have to overcome the image of evil, the image of lust, uh, the image of, of criticism. All the different images that, that are, that are uh, you know, uh, uh, creations of the beast. And, and that image has to be uh, overcome. And, and you have to overcome his mark. You have to overcome uh, his, the number of his name. And uh, 
Uh, but, you know, one of the things that they're sharing here is that these people with the victory were standing on this, on this, uh, this sea of glass. And uh, uh, they were communicating. And they, they, were, they had harps. And oh, is there ever a revelation to go into all the, the harps and all the windings of the strings and the different scale and, and all the meanings uh, that, that could be broadcasted here to you today. But that's not the message today, but to, to say and pass on to you that, that everything has an expression. And, and even in the book of Corinthians, it says, you know, if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who will prepare themselves for battle? Uh, people that have not learned the song of God have not learned the soundtron, have not learned the, 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 uh, the harp of God. Uh, these people begin to play uh, and, and harps of God, and not only do they play it, but they sing the songs of Moses and the, uh, the servant of God and the song of the Lamb. Uh, uh, you know, that which was and that which is, the Alpha and the Omega. Uh, God, uh, in this revelation of, of being able to see, uh, have eyes all over your head, eyes in the front, eyes in the back, is being able to look back in the time and have an understanding of what the revelation of Moses was. We talked about that last week. Uh, we're going to get into that, uh, you know. I don't know that we'll make it today, but we'll, we want to get into some real deep things about Mount Nebo and, and about uh, uh, Mike. And, and his uh, contest with uh, uh, with the with Satan, uh, you know, we'll get into all that. But I have so much to cover. I don't think we'll be able to get you know back into that yet today. But this is a series, and it's going to go on, and you are going to be very enriched by the time this series is finished. And um, uh, but but what we have here is being able to sing the songs of, of Moses, being able to sing, sing the songs uh, of, of the Lamb. And and uh, and to say, great and marvelous are thy works, Lord, Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of Saints. And, and this is so so valuable, so important, because here we have Moses uh, uh, in in uh, with tracks upon uh, upon the Mount of Transfiguration. The mo- tracks of Moses were there, and yet this connects to this. Uh, you know, th- th- this vantage point, uh, th- this special holy spot uh, uh, of mind in wh- which there is a conveyance and a coordination uh, that allows a person to see through this spiritual portal and to be aligned uh, so that you have this face-to-face uh, taking on of the image of the glory of the Lord and, and to move from, from, from uh, image glory to image glory in, in the various high and different uh, applications and realms uh, of, of that uh, going forward uh, into the trans-assimilation. So it's just uh, absolutely enticing and exciting, and, 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 and the Lord is bidding us come. Uh, just like he did with John. He said, come up higher. Come up here and join. Get you up on the mountain. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. And uh, it, it is so absolutely uh, wonderful if we can get you to understand the power of this, how that this is going to enable you uh, to, to have have this incredible amount of power, and, and, and you, you people that are, you, you know, you're going to have a new song, a new song in the night. You're going to have a song, and this song is going to be understanding. You're going to, you're, I'm going to understand a, a, a rock, and you're going to be able to look at a rock and, 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 and read the, the message of time in it. You're going to be able to look at a tree and, and the leaves and, and hear the tone of that tree and understand the meaning of that tree. You're going to have 
and you're going to be able to read Adams and, and read their stories. Uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, like I shared with someone today. One time, Spirit of God came on me and He said, "Go get that chair." I went and got a chair, pulled it forward. He said, "Now begin to look at that chair, and I'm going to allow you to read the vibrations." And I looked at that chair, and and I, all of a sudden, uh, I was like seeing through this this telescope into a, a special revelation and I could read the vibrations and it was talking about a man that had sat in that chair well this is a chair that was actually in one of our meetings and uh, that person wasn't there that night but it began to tell this story about this man that uh, this person had been uh, in the army and uh, that, that he had um, uh, been a sniper and that he had actually killed a lot of uh, people like his job would be to, to go and uh, put himself in some spot and you know camouflage and not move, and uh, then he would um, he would watch uh, to try to f- find maybe a corporal or a, a sergeant or one of the leaders of the of the of the enemy uh, group, and then he would you know uh, one shot one person dead. I mean they didn't miss, and and he he would shoot and and he had killed a lot of people. And then this this chair that the Lord gave me the vibrations and the revelation of this person. Um, he showed me that, that this was a great remorse to this person. He looked back at these, even though he did it as a duty as a soldier, he had great remorse over the people that he had killed and, and that he needed deliverance from that. And so uh, we, we the Lord revealed who this person was, and, and my wife and I went and talked to him, and I asked him, I said, did you used to be in the Army, and were you a sniper? And, and he said, who told you that? And he was just shocked, and he was really at first upset because that was sort of a secret that he was keeping from anybody knowing. And, and, but that was all revealed and all substantiated. And, and then he even came to church and gave a testimony about it. It was a beautiful thing. Uh, so, so I tell you what, God, you know, you, you know, when the children of Israel were going out, uh, in the, in the well, their 40 years in the wilderness, uh, there are, uh, times when they ran out of water. And one time, uh, they had this rod. And they lifted up this rod and it became a divining rod. And they just followed this divining rod. And this is, uh, uh, somewhere around the 21st chapter of Exodus or somewhere in there. And, and they, 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 then it, it came to this place and, and it showed that this is where the water was. They had to dig in that spot. And, and so they began to dig, and as they dug, they, they, they sung this song. I don't think it was necessarily this melody this and later, but spring up, oh well. You know, and, and it's talking about this, the water to spring up. And, and, and sure enough, it did. And, and uh, uh, just by being able to follow uh, the vibrations of this divining rod, uh, it was able to know where the water was. You, you could look across that deserty wilderness place and you couldn't even think of there being water there but but there was vibrations available there there was a way to look through you know the 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 the, the um the, the molded glass. There was a way to look through uh, this glass, this uh, this portal, this and find the vortex of the vibrations and and to make the discovery. There was another time that this 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 kind of a message was so important. God was trying to teach the people things. He he uh, he fed them uh, uh, manna, which was which was uh, um, you know uh, made by the angels, and it was specially. Uh, Created so that uh, 
uh, it would respect the Sabbath and it would not uh, be, uh, it would rot on the Sabbath. It, you, it wouldn't be edible on the Sabbath. Uh, it was an incredible advanced technology that they, they did on that. Uh, and and uh, then there was the, the experience when they ran out of water again. They were in a different location. And uh, uh, the Lord said to them, okay, the people are complaining. They, they want water. Uh, go to this rock and speak to it, Moses, and command the water to begin to begin to come out of the rock. Command the rock to begin to put water out. So Moses went, and he 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 was really angry at the people. He was angry at them because they were disobedient. He was angry at them because they were complaining. Uh, you know. People have a way of forgetting uh, the miracles of the Red Sea and the miracles of all the deliverances that they had had. Uh, the fact that, that their shoes and their clothes, uh, you know, uh, through the whole 40 years was, was not even aging. All the miracles one upon another. Uh, and, but they, and they were complaining. And so instead of speaking to the rock, he took his rod and he smote it. And God said, okay, because you've done this, you will not be able to cross over into the, in, in, over Jordan to the promised land. And you'll have to stay on this side, but I'll allow you to go up to a mountain. And from that mountain, you'll be able to look over and you'll be able to see the land, but you'll not be able to go there. But there was something that happened. There was some kind of a, of a, uh, you know, of a vortice that opened up, a portal that opened up that allowed David to come through in the, in the image of Christ. To come through in the image of Christ, not in his own image, but in the image of Christ and to come through and to be there as Moses, nevertheless, uh, upon that Mount of Transfiguration and, and to overcome, uh, that, that, uh, situation that was put on him because he, he lost his, his temper and he smote the rock with the rod. Uh, well, why was God not happy with that? Because God was wanting, uh, Moses to speak to the to the rock and show people this a tremendous revelation of how you could just speak you could just speak to something that was like a rock that that most people think well that's a dead thing that's not alive that's not going to understand anything a stone a rock can't understand what you're saying and God was saying to those 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 rocks have atoms in them, and they are just in a suspended, frozen state in, in the cement of the rock. But, but th- there is still, there is still uh, atoms there, and there is still uh, potential of vibration and spinning and, and, and knowledge. And he wanted them to speak to that rock and be able to show that the rock could hear him, could understand him. And then the rock would begin to gush out this water, uh, you know, because it was a rock, it was a some symbolic of the rock of ages, of that song I, I love so much. Oh, rock of ages, sweet cliff for me today. Such a beautiful song, such a beautiful rock of ages, our Lord God. Oh, how I do love him and appreciate our Savior. And, and, and Moses didn't do it. And you have to be careful in your life that, that uh, out of anger or out of frustration or out of just not having, you know, the endurance uh, that, that you 
you cross over to, to the wrong side of the street by doing something out of frustration and anger or by failing to be obedient to do something that God has, has asked you to do and that you change the course of, of destiny uh, by not speaking to that rock if God tells you to speak to it, you know, and has that miracle take place. Uh, God... God wants that miracle to happen. God wants you to be a part of it. God wants the people to be a part of it. He wants people to be able to see how great His love is, how great His kindness is. Uh, when Jesus was out on the Sea of Galilee and, and the the disciples were just so fearful. They felt that, that the sea was so uh, perturbed that, that their life was in danger. And, Je- and Jesus just walked out to the helm and he raised his hand and said, Peace, be still. He spoke to the waters. He spoke to the storm. He spoke to the winds. And they heard him. It was a song. And he, in that song, uh, they responded. And peace came upon uh, the waters and upon the, 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 the air and upon that, that space uh, uh, in the sea where the, the ship was. And there is such a message in this crop circle about understanding that how that God is speaking in these crop circles uh, a message to mankind, which is very difficult for them to perceive because they haven't been able to break through and, and to, to be able to get into that uh, from uh, glory of image to glory image. Uh, they're just seeing things, you know, in this, this uh, black uh, muck that has muddled uh, the, the 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 crystal lens, and they they cannot see uh, through this. They only see in part and know in part. But but God is saying, hey, you've got to grow up. You've got to put away that childish experience. You've got to get into maturity. You've got to get into the meat of the word because there are so many beautiful, wonderful experiences that God has, and, and so we can see that this revelation. Uh, of the of the uh, crystal sea, and I'll read this again, chapter fifteen, Revelation, verse two. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and and uh, them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God, and they sung the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. That is where God is leading uh, a people today into, into this revelation of a song of their soul, a song of their spirit. That they are going to, it doesn't mean you've got to be a great singer, you've got to stand out and, and do an opera. It means that there is a way of, of singing in the spirit, you know, that is almost like the, the tweets of a hummingbird. Uh, it's, it, it just will come out of you in, in a way of the spirit, and, and uh, it, it, will, it will bring. You know, a, a flavoring, and and a, it will bring an influence that will come out of you, and it'll f- affect your uh, circumstances and your surrounding, and it'll give you a vision that you'll be able to see uh, that you've never been able to experience or to or to see before. Uh, it's such such a wonderful, precious, precious thing. Okay, so when we talk about the the, these uh, people of God standing on the crystal sea or standing on the, the sea of glass, uh, there's a spiritual meaning to that standing, uh, you know, and, and uh, it, it's part of, of uh, an overcoming thing. 
the the Bible actually talks about, and uh, we've done teachings on this, uh, where we talk about uh, standing of the sons. You know, uh, it it is uh, uh, it's a it's a place in God where there's a restoration from the fall. Uh, the people that have fallen, that are part of the, you know, that are the fallen Ophanims, and uh, one day they they stand up on their feet again, and and uh, now they they are, uh, you know, standing as uh, children of God, as people of God, and they're standing on the crystal sea. That crystal sea becomes the foundation. It, it, it is their vision. Uh, you know, uh, one day uh, the Bible says in the book of Job that. Uh, uh, the sons of God had come together, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, the Lord looked up, and there was also the uh, was also Satan, and he said, "Well, what are you doing here?" He says, "Well, he says I've been going to and fro and and up and down." Well, the to and fro on the earth is not what got him there. A lot of people are going to and fro; that won't get you anywhere. But when he said up and down, that up and down is is part of of the revelation of how he he went through this vortex, this portal of the spirits, because he still had the capability to do that, and uh, to go through this vortex and and to be able to 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 go through there, find the vibration happening, and then then just uh, photo translate uh, anywhere on earth that, that that was happening in in correspondence to it, and that's how he knew what was going on and how he appeared and and then made his case to. Uh, say to, to the Lord that uh, you know Job would not trust him if he had real heavy sickness put on him, and the Lord said, "Well, okay, I'll turn him over to you, but you can't take his life. Go ahead and, and put that on him. We'll just uh, let this test happen." Uh, there, there is, there are, there are spirit portals, and as we come into this understanding, as we begin to uh, really. Uh, Get into the the reality of that. It it, it is, is is an incredible thing. Um, we remember uh, something very similar to that in Genesis twenty eight twelve through thirteen. Jacob uh, he lays down on this stone like a pillow to sleep, and uh, all of a sudden he has this incredible vision, and there's this like uh, staircase or ladder reaching up into heaven, and angels are ascending and descending. Uh, it's like an opening where angels uh, can 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 come and uh, uh, <clears throat> they can descend or they can ascend. As we begin to see the incredibility uh, of, of this message, I'm, I'm speaking to you about this these spirit portals. We see that this is not just something that is a little small subject. It's all through the Bible. There are many other examples, but the, the one of, of, of uh, Jacob is a real good one. You know, uh, he was able to see, and it, and it was such an incredible experience that he took it and made a monument there, and, and they and that later became, you know, like Bethany, the house of God. Uh, you know, because it was such an incredible experience. And no doubt uh, uh, where that mountain of God was, that where Moses had the experience of, of uh, the holy spot, uh, there was some experience like that that happened that made that an alignment, that made that a holy spot, you know, a, a spirit portal, a, a place of, uh, of spiritual vortex. Uh, th- these things are, are just, uh, you know, meant uh, to open our minds. And, and to allow us to, to see the truth in, in these beautiful, beautiful connections and, and beautiful ways that uh, 
God is wanting us to to overcome and, and, and to really come into the, the knowledge. You know, uh, there's a scripture that says that you may know by the way you must go. And, and um, that is what God is dealing with with people today, that you may know, that you may know by the way you must go. Those are so very, very, very important. Okay, now, turn with me. We're going to go on here. We've got so much to cover. I really want to be able to cover at least what I have prepared here. Uh, turn to Isaiah 52. Isaiah 52. Okay, here we go. Isaiah 52, verse 17. Uh, pardon, verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publishes peace, that bringeth good good tidings of good, that publishes salvation, that says unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. And thy watchmen shall lift up the voice, with the voice together they shall sing. For they shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion. Break forth into joy. Sing together, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord hath comforted his people. He hath redeemed Jerusalem. Now, I want to connect this verse 7 with Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, I want to show this as an, as a, an Isaiah prophecy. Of that of that moment of Jesus upon uh, the Mount of uh, of, of uh, Transfiguration, which I am teaching was the Mount was Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon was also called Zion, S I O N, <coughs> which was also mingled and with uh, Zion, uh, Z or Z I O N. <coughs> How beautiful upon the mountains! On the feet of him. Now, the thing about uh, about um, um, Mount Hermon, it's over nine thousand feet. It was truly a high mountain, over nine thousand feet tall. And uh, this is the mountain that the manifest teaches that Noah built the ark on. And uh, the reason he built the ark was he knew about uh, the tremendous. Uh, waters, uh, the tsunami, so to speak, when the fountains of the earth were broken up, and how that these waters would would come rushing at, you know, hundreds of miles an hour, and and uh, they would be in a swell, uh, you know, maybe hundreds of feet high, uh, and uh, that if you built the ark and it was just out there where it would get hit broadside uh, by the uh, the the flood tsunami, uh, it would just break it in pieces. It would make it not uh, survive uh, such a force as that. Because we're talking we're talking something much more uh, beyond uh, the experience in Japan uh, with with that 9.2 earthquake that produced a tsunami. We're talking something 
much uh, more intense than even that because the very foundations of the earth mantle in this particular spot broke up in a gigantic way uh, with a probably double, triple, quadruple uh, submersion uh, mantle zones. And, uh, and uh, this flood, you know, if, if that uh, ark had been built uh, down on the ground low, it, it would just been destroyed. But because God gave insight to Noah, and, and I don't, you know, have the time tonight to get into the, the uh, scriptures and show you how the, the proof of that. But, uh, but uh, it, it was built up on, on a, a place of a Mount, um, uh, you know, Hermon. Now, Mount Hermon had three peaks to it. And so each of these peaks had a different name. And so it was almost like three mountains. Uh, but it was still considered Mount Hermon. And yet, in another way, it was like three mountains. And there's a whole story in the Holy Manifest about this. Also in the Manifest um, uh, Seven Thunders book that I've written, uh, uh, it tells the story about how that the Ark of the Covenant was actually buried and sealed in a, a cave on Mount Hermon. And, and uh, that's why that you know, no one could find it because they thought for sure that, you know, it would be maybe somewhere under the uh, temple or somewhere, uh, you know, uh, on one of the mountains there in the area. But remember, you know, uh, Mount Moriah, Mount uh, of Olives, Mount Zion, those are just low little hills, sort of like, uh, you know, uh, little mounds up from the earth, and and uh, they were not high mountains. They were not mountains at all. Uh, and so, uh, and same thing with Mount Tabor. It was just low like that. So when you understand this, but but uh, Herman, it was a over nine thousand feet tall mountain, and lots of things happened there. Uh, and and if you go to the Book of Enoch, it'll say that um, that the that the angels. The the angels that 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 uh, were the watchers that came down and that tried to uh, to uh, sow bad seed and and tried to convince the sons and daughters of God to intermingle with the sons of uh, of men the 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 soul people to begin to intermingle with the soulless uh, humans that were on the earth. Well, that is where that happened. They did come down on Mount Hermon, uh, but these were not who they think they were. These were these were uh, the the cherubims who had been uh, co-owned with Lucifer, and uh, and so when. The war happened in, um, uh, described in the 12th chapter of uh, Revelations, uh, and, and uh, Lucifer and his followers were fighting against um, uh, Michael and, and his uh, followers, or, or angels. Uh, they, uh, they came out of, 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 of Lucifer, and, and they were all equal to being uh, archangels. Because that's what you have to be before you can become co-owned with an archangel. You have to reach a point where you're equal to being one. Then you can be co-owned with it, and you you become like one one mind and one spirit. But you still have the capability uh, to come out of, of of the archangels, just like the Bible says, Jesus, who who is the Father, came out of the Father. And became a super super uh, individual entity called Jesus Christ. So as it happened with Jesus, of course, it happened in this case that I'm speaking of, and and there was you know 
just thousands and thousands of these these uh, legions of, of these uh, cherubims, and, uh, and you know that came down. And not saying that legions of them came and did this day, this one act that we're talking about, but there were all kinds of names like Azael, uh, <coughs> which it talks about, and uh, you know as the this special goat later by Moses that is to bear the sins of of Israel. Uh, and go off into the wilderness and so forth. There are so many stories that we don't have time to talk about that tonight. And I don't want to get distracted. But a lot of things happened. And it was also called Baal Hermon because, you know, they had worship places there on part of the mountain. Now, you have to understand that the north side of the mountain was where, like, on, on the side of, like, where Damascus is and Syria is. And, uh, and around on that, that side, sort of north and, and east, uh, was Bashan and where the king Og was that Moses defeated because that was still on the other side of Jordan. Now you have to. This is very important to understand how how incredible this this mountain of Hermon is because uh, as we'll see from Scripture, uh, it is also called Zion. And that is that is very, very important. And there are things said about Hermon that's not said about any other mountain. And remember I told you that, that the, the, uh, they were in Caesarea Philippi. Uh, that is just at the base. Uh, that's where the disciples were. It's just at the base. And they went from there on up to the mountain. They were right there. They didn't go down to Mount Tabor. That, would, that wasn't make any sense at all uh, because there, there was a military f- a fort up on top of it and there was all that traffic around about it at the, you know, around the, uh, the lower base of it. So they went up to this Mount, uh, Mount uh, uh, you know, Hermon. But as I said in the manifest, the book, it tells about how that the, the uh, uh, <coughs> Ark of the Covenant was there and that Jesus as a young fellow got the revelation he knew this and his father first didn't want him to go up there because, you know, there were leopards and lions that would go up on that mountain, you know, like mountain lions. And, and it was, it, it, you know, could be very dangerous, but he was not afraid. He could speak to the animals, you know, and he could tell them what to do, what not to do. He knew that. He had that confidence. He had that understanding. And uh, so he went up there and he found where this was. And, and later... Uh, you know, uh, the Bible tells us that the that the um, that the uh, uh, Ark of of the, the of the Covenant, which was you know that that it was moved, and this tells us this that that it is in a temple in uh, uh, in the Father's house that it's been moved, you know, to which is also a, a heaven, just like this earth has a heaven. You know, the earth, the Genesis, it says, is a firmament called heaven. And, and uh, our Tura, or the Father's house, which is uh, a, a planet, uh, has, has these mansions. They, because he, these are physical. And, and it's not like you're going to the heaven of heavens, which is 100% perfect. Uh, Jesus was taking his people. He says, I go away to prepare a place for you. And this was a place that was still physical. There were still physical preparations that had to be done. And, and he was talking about this, this revelation. This is so important uh, because it's so connecting to this, this whole experience on the Mount of Transfiguration. And, and so, so uh, without any question in my mind, the cloud that was hovering over uh, them on the Mount of Transfiguration uh, was a a, uh, a super zith. 
It, it, it was a, a spacecraft, and, uh, and it was hovering over the mountain. And, uh, you know, there, there was the presence of, uh, of, of angelship there for sure. And, and no doubt, at, probably at that time, uh, during the Mount of Transfiguration, is when they went ahead and took the, um, uh, the Ark of the Covenant and moved it uh, to the Father's house. As the Bible says in Revelation, it was you know it was, that's where it's at now, and uh, uh, so it's so important to understand that there's other scripture I've preached to you on this tells about the, how the tree of life was moved uh, also to the Father's house, and uh, and that's where they those are now. Anyway, let's get back to this thing about uh, you know Mount Hermon and and all these connections. Uh, it's connected to to Noah in the flood. It's connected. Uh, you know, to all these other descriptive things that I've talked about, the Ark of the Covenant is, descri- is, is where the um, Mount of Transfiguration is. There is, there's obviously, a, you know, a, a spirit portal there. There's a vortex there. Uh, if uh, you look it up, you'll find that uh, there have been all kinds of UFOs that are are spotted uh, over over um, uh, Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon, uh, this side of Mount Hermon, uh, you know, the west-south side of Mount Hermon is, is, um, uh, you you know, in this this writing that we're reading, part of Israel. And and it's even, you know, considered part of spiritual Jerusalem. So there are some absolutely uh, momentous, uh, tremendous revelations that uh, are... uh, involved in this whole revelation. We can't possibly cover it all in in one time. But uh, I've got to keep going here because I I don't want to miss this, this revelation. Now, this revelation is so important because... The, the, the snow melting that comes down from, from Mount uh, Hermon <coughs> feeds into the Sea of Galilee. Uh, it also uh, feeds and, and is the water of Jordan, the Jordan River. So when you understand this, uh, why that Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River is because that water came from came down from Hermon. It's all connected. Uh, that is the same river that, that God spoke to, to um, Joshua. And when they came up to the Jordan, and, and this river is a very unusual river, uh, it, 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 when it, it gets out so many feet uh, beyond uh, the, uh, the, um, the mount, it starts going down toward um, uh, you know, uh, Jerusalem area, and the Dead Sea area, especially, uh, it it just within a very short period of, of space drops around 700, 750 feet, and then eventually almost to 1,200 feet when it gets down to the to the to the Dead Sea, and um, so it's, it's it's quite a raging river. But when Joshua came uh, after Moses had been departed from them, came to to uh, the river. Uh, he, he told all the people, he said, now you stand back, uh, you know, at least 100 feet back or so. And he said, uh, the priests are going to go, and they're, they're going with the Ark of the Covenant, and, uh, and they're, going to, uh, they're going to just step into the water. And after they step into the water, 
Something is going to happen to allow everyone to cross over on dry ground. Now, <clears throat> this was quite a thing, because at the time that Joshua brought his um, group of people to cross over uh, Jordan, it was during the spring flood, and it was it was it was just like it was a raging river and very high and very full of waters, and. Uh, <clears throat> Because of this drop, because of this deep drop, uh, you know, and it's going downhill gravity, uh, it, it, you know, to even think about crossing o- over that with, with people and animals and, and uh, uh, chariots, uh, it was just impossible. I mean, during that, that time of the year with all that raging uh, uh, full river of, of water. Uh, but as they stepped, as the priest stepped out into the, the river, uh, all of a sudden, uh, uh, the river began to back up. And the Bible says it backed up all of the way to Dan. You hear the often repeated phrase from Dan to Beersheba. Dan to Beersheba. And it backed up all the way to Dan, which is in that general vicinity, not far from from the city of Adam, uh, from, from uh, you know, uh, Philippi, uh, those cities that were right close to the base of, uh, of Mount Hermon. It, it rolled it back all of the way, clear back up there, making the connection of that river that Joshua, whose name is, uh, is a name that you know, means to, to save, and has that same Savior name as like Yeshua or Jesus. And, and uh, uh, it is, it's such an incredible connection because it goes all the way back to the city of Adam. And, and and connects there with that meaning of the of the city of Adam, and and it is uh, it's just an absolutely um, uh, mystery to most people, but uh, but when you look through the through the the glass no longer darkly, you start seeing the vision, you start seeing the revelation, you start seeing the manifestation of the Holy Spirit as it begins to open up things. You all of a sudden look through through uh, the vortex of of, of the of the the portals of the spirit and you see all of the way to the throne and you 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 get into the to to the all-seeing eyes of the alpha and the omega from before you from behind you you just become covered with eyes and, and uh it, it and they all with those many eyes are still in a singleness of the eye because they're all by one spirit of god and it's, it's a beautiful uh, uh, promise, and it's, you know, it's this mountain in Isaiah. This mountain in Isaiah that, that uh, you know, the, his feet upon the mountain, his, his beautiful feet upon the mountain uh, is talking about that. Now, uh, I've, I've got to read a few scripture here because uh, I, there's more and more I want to say about this. Uh, but let me read a few scripture so uh, we don't lose out on... The scriptures that verify a lot of these things. Um, <clears throat> okay, uh, let's look, at, if you would, at Deuteronomy four forty-eight. Deuteronomy four forty-eight. Okay, Deuteronomy four forty-eight. And th- this this scripture uh, plus these that I'm going to give you right now will be. Uh, will be very important to you. Uh, there's definitely no question about that. Okay. Deuteronomy uh, 4.48. Uh, 
Here we go. Here we go. This had to take me a little bit to find it. Okay, and it says in 440, uh, we'll start with uh, 447. And they possessed his land, and the king of Og, king of Bashan, two kings of the Amorites, which were on this side of Jordan, toward the sun rising. They were just on the other side of Jordan, the other side of the mountain. You know, because the, the, the melting snow came down on the opposite side and created uh, created the uh, the um, whole whole uh, revelation there. You know that that was uh, was done uh, as far as as these things I've been saying about the connection of the of of uh, the a source of the Jordan is the Herm, uh, Mount Hermon. Okay, let me finish reading this. Two kings of the Amorites, uh, which were on this side of Jordan toward the sun rising. As from Arir, which is in the bank of the river Arnon, even unto Mount Zion. Now, now, I want you to get this. I want you to get this. This is important. You don't miss it. Okay? This is, this is, the, this is a, a Deuteronomy chapter um, 4, verse 49. Um, or pardon me, 48. Um, bank of the river Arnon, even unto Mount Zion, S-I-O-N, which is Hermon. Now, there you are. There's your scripture. There's your scripture, which is Hermon. Now, there's all kinds of things I've heard. I've heard that, um, you know, that they they came up with that name, uh, Zion, because they were just trying to copy uh, uh, Z-I-O-N. And it was actually plagiarism. And then I've heard that uh, now this was something that the uh, that the Arabs did just to get even with the Jews. It, it just is so so foolish and so stupid because of the timing and, and all of that. Uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, even in uh, you know uh, one of the uh, the the Bible uh, books that uh, commentaries uh, by Clark. Uh, he he says that uh, you know both Zions actually mean the same thing whether you spell it with a Z, with a Z a Z or or an S they're both the same and uh, and there are a lot of scriptures I don't have the time today uh, to get into but we, we're going to keep covering on these tracks scripture at a time now we see that Zion S I O N is Mount Hermon now let me read you know another another scripture uh, that I think. Uh, is very important that you know that that goes all along with this. Uh, let's see. Um, <clears throat> let, let's let's look at um, at at um, Song of the Solomon, four, six, and eight. Song of the Solomon, and that's that's after Psalms, you know. And um, and let's just let me read there. Uh, this is uh, just goes to show you how that this um, just has all kinds of connection throughout the Bible. There's a message here, incredible message. So four and, uh, and 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 verse six, come with me from Lebanon, my spouse. With me from from Lebanon, look from the top of Amarna, from the top of Shinar. They, these are the other peaks of uh, of like Hermon and Hermon, from the lion's dens, from the mountain of the leopards. That's what it was known of as is the mountain of the leopards. Here we have, by the Spirit, a call uh, through this this beautiful song of Solomon, where where it's inviting, you know, the 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 the, the woman, the church, uh, you know, the the queen, mother church, 
to to come and and to to enter into this revelation of Mount Hermon. Uh, let's let's go on a little bit further. Um, let's look at Psalms one thirty three uh, three, Psalms one thirty three three, and let me just read that. Uh, I've got several things I want to read. I only have so much time. One thirty three three, okay, um, and, and this is this is also interesting. Um, here we are. Okay. Um, now this is a real important one. As the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. Now, first off, Zion is not a mountain. It's a hill. The one that we're talking about in, in the Jerusalem area proper. <clears throat> there... The Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Now, you have to understand this, this transfiguration, the things that are still yet not even totally known today, which are, are going to be revealed, and we're going to try to reveal a lot of them. But um, you have to understand that this is so important, this connection of the Zions being the same mountain, you saw, I read you the scripture in Deuteronomy 4. And now Psalms are saying, Psalms are saying um, in 133.3, As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Hermon or Zion, because Zion was actually one of the other peaks, but it's spelt differently, but it's transliterated as Zion. And so, Clark's commentary says, you know, they try to change this. And they try to say, as the dew that was upon Mount Hermon, as the dew that was upon Zion. But it said, that's not in the original script. It doesn't say, it doesn't mention dew twice. And it said in commentary, of course, before I ever even knew that was in the commentary, I already had that revelation years before. But it was nice to look it up and have other people that have, that from theologians that could back that up, and uh, in, and he showed that that uh, that that they're talking about these same three groups of peaks that are all actually one mountain. The dew of these these three mountains are three peaks, you know, that are are Hermon, and and here's how important it is because there, there, the Lord commanded the blessing, even life, forevermore. Do you think that's important? You think that's that's an eye opener? Is that is that looking through the glass not darkly but seeing face to face? This importance of this mount of transfiguration, why we have to go into this revelation of the tracks and follow these tracks back. All these tracks like this thing of how that that it ties in to the very source of Jordan and, and all the things that happened in in Jordan and crossing Jordan and all of the, that revelation and how it's connected as I said, you know, even the UFOs that fly and hover over Mount Hermon and some of the things that are happening like that and, and over go on down then over Jerusalem uh, there is a lot going on there is a, a, a spiritual a vortex there there is a spiritual area and, and I could even get into the longitude and the latitude especially as the French had had it as as their regular uh, interpretation of the meridian 
uh, until it later was changed to the Green Wick, uh, you know, in, in, in the early 1900s. Uh, but but uh, uh, how that 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 had a was a 33-33, and and the meaning of all that. But I don't, I don't have time today to get into that. But perhaps we will get into it later. But there, the Lord commanded the blessings, even life. Even life forevermore. Now we can really put together uh, this scripture uh, that I was reading to you, um, uh, where um, uh, this this revelation, um, this 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 revelation about you know uh, the dancing feet upon 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 the mount, you know, and and it said and it said in there that he he brought peace. And he brought joy. Oh, you know, we have to stop here because we have a request that has come in. Someone who is uh, very ill with a respiratory infection and is needing prayer. Someone who's gentile. He's listening online tonight. He's been sick for a week. He's very weak. He's one of the followers. And uh, we want to do uh, we want to do gentile for him. Uh <clears throat> We'll continue on with the rest of the scriptures. There's so many. Uh, there's just dozens and dozens. I want to get this revelation to you. I want to show you the power of this revelation of Mount Hermon and how that connects with the Jordan, how that connects with all these different people. They're all part of the tracks. And the revelation, you know, uh, is something that God's going to open your eyes. As He opens your eyes, you know, you're going to see the Bible in the beautifulness that it is. Okay. So t- tonight, uh, <clears throat> we're going to... Uh, my dear brother, as you're listening, uh, I, I just I just reach out to you right now from my heart and my spirit. I love you, my brother. God loves you. We uh, have been experiencing an exceptionally super amount of healings. And uh, I'm going to, um, right now, send Gentile your way. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary to the hypothalamus to the thyroid. Begin to send messages to the hormones. Send messages through all the hemispheres. Send messages through the entire neurotransmitter structure. Begin to bring up from the hormones the healing um, aspects of the immune system. Begin to strengthen the body wherever the body is weak in the immune system and it's not properly working. Begin to now strengthen every one of those receptors to be able to convey the message. Begin to correct the color and the shape so the receptor can receive these messages. Begin to accelerate the lymphatic gland, which is the the tool of the hormone system. Begin to triple its effort right now into the respiratory system and to eradicate all infection and to eradicate all of this bunching up of mucus
begin to put into the the body capsules of antibiotics created by the body in custom of the need of the body making these a thousand milligrams for the first three days and then after that another five days 500 milligrams begin this process immediately hypothalamus pituitary pituitary hypothalamus of thyroid to the lymphatic gland of the parasympathetic sympathetic neurotransmission system send messages to the hormone system to also make aware other other components of the body other parts of the body that's involved in destroying invasive germs and alert those other parts and components to continue and immediately be involved in the eradication of this invasion of the body. So be it. God bless you, my brother. May all the people that hear this tonight also pray for our brother. This is for Lonnie Carpenter. God bless all of you. Amen.